0: It's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show. You know, our mission is to serve you with advice and information that empowers you to make better financial choices in your life. Happy Friday to you. It's that time of week when I get to work on improving myself, the advice I give you, the information we supply through our weekly Clark Stink segment, and later Many employers are rolling out steadily, it's happened much faster than I expected, a benefit where the employer indirectly helps you, if you have student loans, helps you get on a good path to paying those back and saving for retirement. It's not truly a free lunch. I'm going to explain how it works later. But now it's time for Clark Stinks. You get to find out. I should I'm have never you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right,
1: pal. Clark, you have a minor smell. A free alternative to going.com. I will never forgive Scott. Is airfare watchdog. <laughs> you do need to know where you want to go. I use this to get alerts on baseball cities that I wanted to visit. Mike.
0: Mike, thank you. All right, so let me explain the difference, All right? So going.com and its competitors send you alerts of random UFO deals that pop up to who knows where in the world. And if you use Airfare Watchdog, you use uh, Hopper, you use google.com slash flights, so you can set up alerts for markets you know you want to go to, in your case, baseball cities so they serve different purposes one's free the other you got to open up the wallet for
1: a listener wrote in about receiving a gift from her aunts to pay off her mortgage you correctly noted that it exceeded the annual exclusion amount and would reduce the lifetime exemption However, you failed to mention that a gift tax return should be filed by the aunt to report this gift in excess of the annual exclusion. Additionally, you referenced an old lifetime exemption of $5.8 million. It is $13.6 million in 2024.
0: Who has that kind of money?
1: If the aunt is married, she and her husband could each gift $18,000 without a filing requirement. If the recipient is also married, they could each gift the spouse $18,000. Thank you for all you do. Just make sure your tax advice is accurate because people take it as gospel. Kurt.
0: Kurt, thank you very much. And uh, the annex that I want to mention also is you can exceed the 18000 if the remainder is in a note, and then each year you can forgive another 18000 But if uh, what you pointed out, I want to explain. If, let's say, you want to help somebody wipe out the mortgage and they're married, and you're married. Instead of eighteen thousand in a year, you can give somebody tax free, no paperwork, nothing like that. It becomes seventy two thousand because you each one can give eighteen thousand to each one, and you end up with big impact right away.
1: You stated Costco requires members display their membership card with their state ID. False, and then another thing you said treating members like crooks wanting to see ID. False statement. How long it takes to check out at Sam's Scan and Go. Tried it, but failed. The first two statements are invalid. I work at Costco in Issaquah, Washington, the home office headquarters. These words are my own. I do not represent Costco. You should seek qualified answers from an official Costco representative. Sweden Costco has used membership scanning at the entrance for many years. Costco Issaquah started this trial around January of 24. The way it works, members scan only their membership card, with the barcode on the back of the membership card or the city visa barcode. It takes less than one second to scan. Then the smart pad on the other side where an employee monitors sees the facial image taken when the member signed up for the card. That's it. There's no state ID required to display. There are no lines in the morning. Employees use their mobile devices to pre-scan members waiting in line prior to the main doors opening. As for Scan & Go, Costco tried this checking out method many years ago, well before AI, and Costco found members forgot to scan too many items to make this worthwhile for the company. With new AI, Costco might revisit this idea of self-checkout. Joe.
0: Joe, I love the extreme loyalty you feel to a phenomenal company, and Costco is an absolutely phenomenal company. The situations where they want to see your membership card and your state ID is there are people for some reason with older membership cards that don't have a picture on them. Uh, I don't know how people have older ones without pictures on them, but I saw this just the last time I was in Costco with someone, two people in front of me waiting to go through self-checkout. Love the idea of the scan at the door being digital. As for scan and go, I've used it for an extensive period of time, and I've found it to work extremely well at Sam's Club.
1: I purchased your recommended wearable health monitoring ring. Remarkable technology that tells me when I am tired or did not sleep well, but that is not information I needed an expensive device with a monthly fee to tell me. I already knew when I'm tired and did not sleep well. I've canceled the monthly fee. Now I have an expensive piece of junk jewelry. Howard. Howard.
0: First of all, sell your aura online. Yeah, that's true. Sell it. You can get back a lot of what you paid for your aura ring. Just got to disclose what size you were fit for. And then somebody who's that size, they'd want to save money buying the ring. Go ahead. What were you going to say, though?
1: I was just going to say, I do think, I mean, I love the aura. I'm actually really into all the insights. It's really about the sleep, although it's, it's okay with the steps, like counting steps, but your heart rate, your heart rate variability, like blood oxygen. I love all that stuff. But when you used to talk about it before I had one, I didn't understand it, almost sounded like your aura was making you sleep. Like it was like injecting sleep potion into your body, the way you talk about it. like It was so, behavior modification. Right. It's The, just, it's, the it's education yeah. changed
0: my sleep patterns. Right. I sleep so much better than I used to because I've let it be a nag and get me to sleep earlier than I would have in the past and I'm getting more complete sleep because for some reason I wake up pretty much the same time without an alarm clock every day. It was changing my habits and behaviors sent me to bed earlier that made the big difference. I'm sorry that I wasted your money with my enthusiasm about aura.
1: I know you were not advising, but investing in foreign funds because they have lagged the U.S. equities market is almost a textbook example of recency bias. No rational reason to assume that they will catch up because they have lagged. There are multiple good reasons that large cap U.S. equities have outperformed European and emerging market funds. Markets and valuations evolve and conditions change. Jamie.
0: Jamie, I mean, that's a a good point. You know, the U.S. has outperformed foreign markets for a long, long, long time. I believe, though, that the potential for economic growth is greater in countries that are further down the economic food chain and have the potential long term for bigger economic growth, bigger stock returns. I think it's worthwhile since we are 25 percent of the world's economic activity 5 or 6% of the world's population. So we way outkick our coverage in terms of economic strength. I think it's worthwhile to also have investments in the other 75% of world economic activity. That's why I do international diversification as well as domestic.
1: A lot of people did write in about that, by the way. Clark, you don't stink. This drives me crazy. The last two weeks, people said you shouldn't watch football because of violence. Similar to military, police, firefighters, the NFL players know there is risk with employment to chase rewards. I know it's entertainment, but what about stuntmen and women? Does Michael, for example, watch movies? He probably has a nice safe desk job where the only injury is a paper cut. As usual, this current society is trying to tell you what to watch, think, and follow. Stay strong, Clark. This is America, land of the free speech and thoughts. Well, it used to be. And a few people wrote in about that, too, saying, you know, people take risks with their jobs. They know what
0: they're doing. Well, I mean, it's the whole gladiator thing that I'm getting such enjoyment watching football and now not having anything but spring leagues to look forward to till September, that I love the game. I love the sport. I don't enjoy the hard hits, but I love the game, and I understand the CTE is something that has ruined football players' lives later in life, and we need to come up with a better way to protect the human brain, and not just in football, Other contact sports.
1: Clark, I want you to know that Clark stinks, stinks. I'm so tired of hearing people disparage your good work over the most trivial of matters. For the first time, I turned off your podcast before it was over because I couldn't take it anymore. It seems that people purposely misunderstand or misinterpret so they can berate you for the silliest things. If you must continue Clark Stinks, at least stop reading any that have to do with your personal choices, like watching football. (laughs) These are grown men choosing to make millions. Don't encourage the Karens by reading their posts regarding your personal choices. Thank you for making the best podcast out there, Camille. So
0: Camille, um, why do I love Clark Stinks? Because I'm just a guy and you end up where you're. Thought process is narrow and stuff over time. With Clark Stinks, what happens is it's like that middle linebacker knocked me to the oh, ground. no. Stop <laughs> it. Sorry. Had to oh, do a gosh. football reference. Anyway, the point is, <laughs> it's really good to be jarred out of my habits and to have different ways to think about and, different w- and understand that what I say can be perceived different ways. Am I always going to agree with somebody who posts on Clark Stinks? No, but I do hear you and I do learn. For the caller that
1: wanted to buy his friend Sky Miles, why not have the friend buy the ticket and have him pay seventy-five percent of the ticket cost or whatever ratio is good? Thanks, Mike from St. Paul.
0: Mike, thank you. So whatever negotiation the private individuals do with each other is great. It's it's buying and selling miles on exchanges that there's a real risk.
1: I listened to Clark comment about suggestions for boarding aircraft from both front and rear doors as a solution to speed up the process. On two of my trips last year at Frankfurt Airport, Lufthansa did just that. It was an absolute fiasco. Passengers were trying to get to the front seats from the rear and trying to get to the rear seats from the front. Nobody could move and the overheads were full by the time I got to my seat. this is to possibly work, then access to the boarding door should be controlled by only allowing passengers in the front half of the aircraft to utilize the front entrance and vice versa. There's no stink involved here, just a comment and suggestion, Chris.
0: Chris, thank you. So this is a problem with Lufthansa, not with the process itself. All right, so Qantas, which has done this forever within Australia, what Qantas does is they have a sign that says passengers rows one through 15 this way, passengers 16 through 32 that way. And so you're not given the choice of creating chaos by going in the boarding door, not close to your seat. They have you go to the door based on where your seat assignment is. And with Southwest, which does this at a few airports, uh, it's so cool watching them do this at Burbank and Long Beach and other airports. They do this at since Southwest has no seat assignments, you are self-selecting. I'm choosing to board in the back boarding door and then I can work my way forward or not as far up I want as I want to. Or I go in the front boarding door and work my way back as far or as little as I want.
1: You really don't stink, but I think you failed to mention an advantage that mutual funds have over ETFs. I know there's a tax advantage to ETFs, but is it possible that the added convenience of automatic recurring investments could give the edge to mutual funds or am I missing something? And it's that's from mu- Aaron.
0: Yeah, it's much easier, Aaron, to do automatic investing with most fund houses into mutual funds or if you're going to compare, really you're comparing index funds to ETFs, which are the closest relation. And yes, with... Mutual funds that operate as indexes, it's so easy with automatic investment to put money in them every single month, easier than it is with the ETF variety.
1: Clark, 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 this time the smell is coming from inside the house. All right. (laughs) Back in the early nineties, I was a college student in debt with credit cards. I did exactly what you advised on the podcast. I paid off the high rate card and went down the line to be debt free. You forgot your own advice of paying the minimum on the other cards as soon as possible to lower your average daily balance. You even went so far as to advise if the minimum is $20 and you can only do 10 on one paycheck, then 10 on the next paycheck, you pay it that way. The lower you can get the ADB, the less interest you will pay over time. Thanks for all you do,
0: Leah. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, I try when I give that advice to not overwhelm somebody who's already feeling overwhelmed with debt. So I gave the shortest back-of-the-envelope explanation that you heard, which is pay the minimums on all your cards except the one with the highest interest rate where you throw every dollar you can at it, and you are 100% right. If you are paying minimums on those others, every day sooner that you get that minimum payment in is to your advantage. And doing what I advised back, wow, a generation and a half ago – is still mathematically the best way.
1: Clark, you stink worse than an open windows on manure spreading days. Please, I <laughs> beg you and Krista, stop the bantering on every podcast. I tune in for financial advice. So much time is wasted on stories of your many vacations and personal experiences on everything. Krista also constantly builds you up at nauseum each time you self-criticize. We need your financial advice, not constant family hour.
0: Thanks, Lisa. Lisa, thank you. All right. So there's a mix you have to get in a podcast. People tune into a podcast or other thing like even you think about daytime television uh, talk shows. They identify with the people that they're watching or listening to, and they want to feel personally connected. So it is a tough balance, just content versus humanity. It is a hard, Mix So in your case, we're driving you crazy when we have chit-chat, <laughs> and other people find that really enjoyable, and it is hard to get that mix. I can tell you, having been in TV news as a reporter or anchor since 1991, I can't tell you how many conversations I've heard on this exact topic, less banner, more straight information or what they pretend is news. More of that or less of that and more humanity coming out of the people. It is a very difficult mix, but Krista and I are like brother and sister. (laughs) We have known each other since 1997. We know each other's families. We know what's going on in each other's lives. And we are friends outside of this orbit right here that you see or listen to us so you're going to hear that friendship bleed through and if it's too much i apologize lisa maybe sometimes we don't get that mix right and it is with any think about any podcast you regularly tune into or watch a youtube show or whatever it is the people involved that you're coming to see or hear Not necessarily the words that they're saying that you come for. It's a combination of those two. Coming up ahead, speaking of straight news and information, I got something for you about a change that's morphing through the 401k world that you need to be aware of. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. a new way 401ks could work at the choice of employers. And I've been surprised that employers have been all over this, rolling out the changes that were allowed under Secure 2.0 is the name of the legislation that allows employers who have a lot of uh, workers who are carrying federal student loans, to be able to handle saving for retirement a whole new way. And this is an option for employers to offer. And one that when I talked about it last year, I was like, yeah, this kind of thing comes out really slowly. It will take a long time for it to happen. Who knows how many employers will even offer it. I was so wrong because I'm reading more and more reports about how rapidly employers have been adopting the ability for people with federal student loans to receive an employer match on a 401k simply by proving to the employer that money they would have been putting into the 401k is going to their student loan debt. So it's weird if you think about the employer-employee relationship with 401k plans, the idea was you put money up in the 401k and the employer matches. So now the employer at its option and Fidelity Investments recently put out a release about how surprised they were, how many employers rolled this out right away where you can instead of contributing to the 401k, put that money right towards the outstanding student loan debt and the employer still gives you the match they would have given you for putting money in. Now, it's not a free lunch because remember, if you were putting up, let's say, 5% in the 401k, not enough, but let's say you're doing 5, and the employer matches it with 5, you're saving 10. But until this law... If you put up nothing, the employer gave you nothing. Now, you demonstrate that the money you would have put in there goes towards the student loans. At least you're getting five from the employer in the example I gave. Whatever the match scenario is, and however the employer wants to structure it, you're still contributing to retirement, even when actually you're not putting in a penny because it's going towards getting rid of the student loan debt. Because the problem is so many people are so burdened with the enormous cost of those student loans that they don't do anything about saving for retirement, getting no money from employers, and they got nothing building for the future because they're just trying to get rid of the student loans. Now you get to do some of both. Again, It's half a loaf. It's not the whole loaf because you're not building up money like you would have before if you were putting it into the plan and getting the match. So people who are contributing to a 401k who don't have student loans are still in a superior position to people who are using the student loan payment option. And remember, it is up to your employer in their 401k if they offer this. The other thing with student loans I'm stunned how few people know about the new student loan payment system called SAVE. SAVE is so much more favorable designed to get people who have given up on their student loans to pay on them. SAVE rewards you for staying current and paying on your student loans, staying in default is not fair to your fellow taxpayer because you borrowed money you're not paying. It's not fair to the country. It's not fair to yourself because you remain in debt forever with this burden hanging over you. Save gives you the ability to pay on your student loans on a favorable formula and get that debt under control. Don't ignore the option and opportunity that the Save Payment Program offers. You can learn all about it at the U.S. Department of Education website, ed.gov. Go to 4Borrowers. You'll see how save can be so helpful to you.
1: Okay, we'll go to questions. This came in from Sean in the District of Columbia. After trying four different mint replacement products, I've decided to go with Quicken Simplify as it's the best balance of features and price for me. Now that I've deleted my data and mint account from Intuit, is there any reason to keep Credit Karma? I get my credit scores from several credit cards. What's the benefit of letting Intuit continue to have my personal information if they're no longer providing me a service? I have no interest in their spammy credit card offers.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You obviously have found Credit Karma to be surplus in your life. You don't want to have that data hanging out there. Delete your Credit Karma account and be done with them. David in Ohio says, I just
1: discovered that although the IRS raised the maximum flexible spending contribution amount to $3,200 for 2024, during open enrollment last year, my employer only allowed us to select up to $3,050, which was last year's max. When I called our HR department, they said the decision came from the IRS too late for them to adjust our enrollment. I'm mad at myself for not catching this in November, lesson learned. But I find this answer unacceptable at a Fortune 500 company. Surely most companies were able to adjust their benefits. I was gearing up to push the argument further, but I read that employers do not have to offer the maximum since they take on some of the risk of employees using their full election amount and then leaving their job mid-year. So it's a losing battle over maybe 40 bucks. But is there any other way to achieve that same tax benefit for medical expenses without exceeding 7.5% of my AGI.
0: David, I mean, this is one, your employer is offering you a benefit. They don't have to, as you pointed out, just as I did earlier with the Secure Act 2.0, employers don't have to offer this student loan payment incentive as part of their 401ks. A lot of things are permitted by statute, not required by statute. You're most of the way there. I mean, think about how much money you're putting aside in a pre-tax flexible spending account for medical. So you're losing that last little bit, costing you 40 bucks in tax a year by your calculation. I'd feel good about what you have, not what the employer didn't give you. Next year, they'll almost certainly at a big company go to the full federal max. And I'm so glad that you participate in and understand the enormous benefit of a flexible spending account for medical where you're paying with pre-tax dollars for eligible medical expenses over the course of a year instead of post-tax dollars.
1: Clarkzilla, your biggest fan in Florida. My wife and I have been trying different ways to teach our kids about money. Our oldest son is eight. We've been giving him a monthly allowance in cash equal to his age, so $8 per month currently. This goes into give, save, and spend jars, and he seems to be getting it. We've also been trying to think ahead about how to teach him about investing. On his birthdays, we've been adding to the total annual amount we give him for his allowance to a UTMA account at Fidelity invested in Vanguard, U.S. and other international total stock market ETFs using fractional shares. Our plan is that we'll keep doing this until he's a teenager and can understand the concepts better. At this point, we'll let him know about the account and show him how his allowance money has benefited from saving and investing, which will hopefully motivate him to continue when he starts working. We're planning to do the same with our younger son as well. Do you think this approach makes sense to plant the investing seed for the future? Are there downsides we haven't thought of? Love the show.
0: So the only downside, Clarkzilla, is that if your kids go to college, the money that's in their names in an investment account will be expected under the financial formulas to be used for college and will deduct from whatever financial aid They might get from college when your eight year old uh, is out in the workforce, hopefully by age nine or 10, no, whatever age (laughs) appropriate. That's when you fund a Roth IRA at Fidelity instead of a traditional investment account, because that money is not considered as part of the formula for financial aid since it's retirement funds. The one thing I would do differently is I love everything you're doing here. I would do the Fidelity Zero funds instead of the ETFs. With the Fidelity Zero funds, it, uh, it'll it give you the same diversification you're looking for at no commissions, no minimum investment, and no ongoing management fees. And uh, the ETFs have small management fees. You may have a buy-sell spread. You're not going to have that with the Fidelity Zero family of funds. And I want to tell you how much I've enjoyed being part of today's podcast with you. I've had a great time. I've learned from you. We learn from each other. It's what this is about, is we're all part of helping each other in life, and in our case, with the financial side of life. I hope that you have an absolutely wonderful weekend, and remember what we're about. You learn ways to save more, spend less. Don't let anyone ever rip you off.